0: Uh, over the last while um, about this aspect of we are a church of sent people. We are an apostolic church. We are a church that understands that we are God's representatives, His envoys on the planet, and that we are able um, to help bring heaven to earth because of that Aspect of being sent. I believe that God wants to grow our influence as a church like never before. I believe God wants to grow each of you and your influence in the world as His representative. Uh, we've been looking at the fact that you know, if you are His representative, you need to believe you are His representative. Often, when we talk about going and sharing people your faith, people get quite fearful, and they forget that actually God. Uh, goes with you, and you've got to believe that. We've looked at the aspect of the fact that you have authority. Uh, You have authority over all the enemy's power. You have the ability, if, if you are a Christian, if you are a disciple, to speak into situations on behalf of God with the very same authority that God himself can speak. So we've been looking at that, uh, and this week I want to look at probably the most central thing that we need to understand, uh, going out and being people who are sent by God. And that is that we are sent, we are a sent people with love. Uh, it says this, Oh, let me read first read the apostolic uh, scripture first. Mark 16, uh, 15, I don't want to look at, my, at that, I want to look at my iPad. Mark sixteen fifteen through to 18 in the New King, King James Bible says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So we are an apostolic church, a community of sent people who are not carrying bad news. If you are a Christian, despite the times we live in, my friends, you are not meant to be carrying a message of fear and panic. You are meant to be carrying a message of good news. Stop listening or stop being part of people who are parroting fear and anxiety to the world. We are different. We are speakers of good news. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The gospel doesn't change just because the world is facing some challenges because Jesus is above it. The kingdom of heaven is above it. We are, as sent ones, messengers of good news. Hallelujah. So I want to look at this aspect of Going with love. Now, we as a church sometimes uh, will send flowers to people. Sometimes people will go into hospital or there might be something, you know, a tragic event that goes on or they're stuck in hospital and we will send flowers to show that we grow good flowers. No, no we send flowers because we want to show that person that we love and care for them. Is that true? You know, I remember earlier on, I would even be willing to send flowers to my wife. But now that we know each other so well, I don't need to do that. Ah, maybe not. So, think of John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that he sent the most amazing gift. Better than flowers, he sent his son, Jesus. God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world or to make the world, you know, have a pandemic of fear. God sent the son to show the world this amazing gift that God cares and loves for them. So my friends, we must understand as sent ones, we are being sent by someone who has sent the gift of his son and that same way we are sent to remind the world of the love of God, that God loves and cares. We have to be very careful that we don't get caught up in all the things that are going on and forget that our true purpose is to represent God and speak on behalf of God as people who love the ones we're trying to talk to. Do you understand? We are meant to be sent with love. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. See, here's the challenge. You are sent with a message of love. You are not sent with a message to condemn. You are not sent with a message to make people feel real bad about themselves and that you are better than them. You are sent with this thing called love on behalf of God. The scripture tells us in 1 John 4, 7, verse 1 John chapter 4, 7 through to 8. Great scripture. To the church, to you, to you. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Read it again. Beloved, he loves you. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. If you want to know if somebody's from God, there must be evidence of love. The word here, the Greek word for the word love here, is not the word agape, it is the word agapeoa, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Which is kind of like agape, but with something a little bit extra. It actually is a definition to the word of not only Uh, agape love, or behaving in a particular manner, but actually is a way of actually demonstrating that love. So when the Bible tells me that when we are to love one another, it's not just in word, but there must be a demonstration of love as we communicate this thing. Do you understand? You see, your word or your love for your fellow man or for your brother and sister in church is not just in words. It's meant to be demonstrated in this word uh, explained here. Very easy to say you love someone. But it is a lot harder to demonstrate that sometimes. Sometimes people are going to annoy you. Sometimes in church, I will annoy you. But you've got to love me. You've got to demonstrate love towards me. I'm looking forward to how that's going to come out. Uh, Think of the person in the church that annoys you the most. And it might be me. But the Bible says that anybody that knows God will love his brother or his sister. You understand? So we are to take a message of love to the world. But there is no point in us trying to take a message of love to the world if we don't demonstrate it as a community. Because that is empty and hollow and in fact hypocritical. And it is a huge challenge. But we cannot go out there if we are not first demonstrating it in here with each other. Because, you know, that makes you and I that ugly word hypocrite. And it ain't an easy thing to do. To love. When people annoy you, or when people disagree with you, or people do whatever they do. But it says there, Beloved, let us love one another, for lovers of God. When you are in God, you are in love. When you are not in love, or acting in love, friend, you're not in God, you're gone somewhere else. You've forgotten something about the very central message of the kingdom of heaven. It's not condemnation, it's not anger, anger, it's not hatred, it's not pride. It is to relate through love. Amen? I love this thing here where it says, um, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The degree that you know God should then therefore reflect in the amount of love you will demonstrate. It's easy to love people you like, but it's so much more harder to love people you don't. But the evidence of your knowledge of God will be demonstrated at times when you maybe go through points of conflict with people. You know, the depth of your understanding of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who is indeed love, because that's what it says. And if you really know who he is, then you will outwit that. But if you forget who he is, very easy to fall back. The word born means birthed by God. Anybody who loves is born of God. The word born of God means birthed by God. So the amount of the evidence or the amount of the kingdom living within you, the amount of God living inside, being birthed in you, will come out of you and how you treat your fellow man. You get where where I'm going? I'm certainly not, you know, one of these people you can say I'm on top of my game with that. It is a journey. But whenever I fall back the wrong way, I ain't in him. I'm birthing something that's not out of the kingdom. I'm actually birthing something that's out of the world. And we're meant to be different to the world. We're meant to be taking a message they need to hear. There's there's already enough hatred and arguments and offenses in the world. Now, that's not our message. But we can't take the message if we're not prepared to demonstrate it with each other. Jesus at the Last Supper. He's got his mates. He's got the troops. He's got the team. Who he's going to unload, the commission, the great commission to. They've got to go through the chaos of the crucifixion and the resurrection, but he's kind of talking some stuff to them just before, the night before. And uh, John 13 34 through to 35. A new commandment I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then, verse 35 is is a key scripture. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, how does the world know we are different? Because we pull each other down? Because we treat each other, you yeah, know, and we argue or whatever? It says they'll know we're different because there's an attribute of God being outworked from us. That's the difference. The word here, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples. The word know means to perceive or recognize, learn and uh, learn or understand. So the world will perceive or will recognize, people will recognize, you know, when you recognize something or you perceive something, you see something. So we want the world to, to know about God. We want the world to understand who He is and we are meant to be uh, the people that represent Him and how the world will perceive or understand that we are from God is directly attributed to the aspect of love. Interesting. I'm a New Zealander. Might become an Australian citizen. Someone rang me the other day about that, but that's another story. I'm a New Zealander. Born in New Zealand. And uh, as I've lived in Australia, um, often it doesn't take long for someone to say to me, you're a New Zealander, It's because I'm so good looking. What are you making a face like that for? No, because they perceive or they understand something about me that is different to them, because I say particular words a different way. Instead of saying advance, I'll say advance which sounds much better. Instead of saying chips, I'll say chips, which again sounds so much better. But they are able to perceive something about me because my language is different. And you see, there is a language of the kingdom of heaven. There is something of the culture of heaven that is so much different to the earth. And friends, we are meant to be acting in a way that the world perceives that our language and our behavior is different. You understand? This is not some theological whatever. This is how we're meant to be. We are meant to be perceived by others as different. And they notice difference a difference about our behaviour. Hallelujah. Oh man. Ever watched actors? And they try to do the Aussie accent, and they're Americans. <laughs> How good do they do? Shocking. It just sounds fake. I mean, There was a movie uh, brought out a while back um, where a guy was trying to play a New Zealander. It was about um, that motorbike. I forget what it was. And he was a great actor. What is it? Yeah, the Indian. The, that one. You yeah, know about the motorbike? And who's the actor? Anthony Hopkins is a fantastic actor. But dude, he could not get the New Zealand accent. And you know that even though this person is a great actor, you know they can't really do it. Because they're not, you know, it's just pretend. And sadly, I think there are people as Christians who act, but they don't really speak the language of heaven. I like that illustration. You understand? And the actor might think he's doing a good job, but everybody else watching that person realizes, you know what, you're just pretending to be something you're not. We're not meant to be actors. We're actually meant to be living this thing because it's inside of us. Love. You know... Jesus had a lot of trouble with people that said they knew God, but they they didn't. What they did disproved that they really knew God. And he called those people hypocrites. You know, I've got to be honest with you, sometimes there's a hypocritical aspect of my life. I'm trying to make it smaller, but at times, you know, it is a challenge to love people. Am I the only one? But it's not an excuse. It's a challenge. I want to go down a road here a little bit that's going to probably push some buttons. Because that's my job. Because you can hate me and be offended, but then you've got to love me. Was <laughs> that? Plank and Amy. I love you... Take that the right way. Um, Anyway, okay. Strong convictions must never override love. Strong convictions must never override love. Polarized views can poison the love we should have for each other. Man, I don't know how many times people's strong convictions can separate them from each other because they feel so strongly about that conviction That anybody that opposes that conviction becomes an enemy. And even if that's in church life, someone might think you should drink and someone might think you shouldn't drink. And those polarized views can be so strong that these people can go to war about it. And love for each other just seems to be in the distance. Friendships have been split destroyed because of strong convictions. Strong convictions are not bad. This is not against people having strong convictions. This is a message about if your strong conviction poisons you in relationships with people around you, if your strong conviction makes you forget, friend, that you are meant to be going into the world because you're sent with love, then you've got a problem with your conviction. Because your conviction is more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message of love. It is splitting this nation. You have members of parliament, you have state leaders, you have federal leaders who are at war because of their convictions in regards to this COVID thing. A big question, if you read my Thursday thoughts this week, it was in regards to the question of vaccination or not vaccination. We sent out to the church a few weeks ago the stand from the ACC in regards to vaccination. That stand is that. uh, The advice from the ACC is we will not say you must get vaccinated or you must not get vaccinated. Rather, we will say to you that it is something that you need to ask God about and then Take, you know, allow your conscience to guide you in discussions with your health professional. Do you understand that? Why is the ACC not making a statement of saying you must take the vaccination? Or why is the ACC not making a statement saying you must not take the vaccination? Because, my friends, we allow people to follow their conscience. Do you understand that? This is a very divisive question and that, uh, that is splitting and causing churches to argue with each other. This is causing Christians to forget about love because they are not gracious enough to respect someone else's choice. I'm going to annoy you. You know, when I came to Australia... I have heard so many times the spirit of this nation, the Australian spirit, the mateship aspect of Australia. And I have seen it at work. But this COVID challenge has has just ripped that apart and turned this nation into places of tribalism. The church will not be a place of tribalism, friends. This church and our movement is a church about carrying the message of love. A few years ago, actually, can you guys remember when AIDS first started to hit the planet? It was a very divisive, uh, fearful thing that hit the planet. And there was so much fear attached to AIDS that even the church maybe didn't necessarily, aspects of the church were not walking in love to people who were suffering from that. Because there was so much fear being generated out of that. When uh, AIDS had just begun, it was very, a lot of ignorance about it, not, not, not a lot of knowledge. Um, Pecker and I, uh, not knowing, visited a very close family member. Zach was a baby, and we visited this person because they were not long off death in hospital. And um, they had huge welts on their face. And their body had been butchered by a disease we thought was cancer. We did not know it was AIDS. And I remember taking, Zach was maybe three months old. And I can't remember whether it was me or Peck, but we handed our baby to the person who had AIDS. And there was a nurse there. And I remember the nurse looking uh, with surprise, actually. And I, I noticed that, and, you know, um, we spent time with this person, actually prayed with him as well. And then we left. And uh, I would say within a few days, I then heard that this person actually had AIDS. And I remember the processing going on in my mind and fear attached to the fact that I'd handed my son into the hands of someone who had AIDS. And I remember trying to process in my mind and the thought came to my mind that what would have Jesus done in that space? Where would Jesus have been? Would Jesus have gone, oh my gosh, that person has AIDS and done a runner? No, Jesus would have wrapped his arms around that person and shown his love from his father. And you see, the things that are attacking our planet are not meant... uh, by God to cause us to run and flee in fear because, you know, we are meant to be wrapping the world with the arms of love. When I first went to Uganda, and, I'm not sorry, I went to Africa, I went to five or six African nations, um, and I remember going to Malawi, and we visited an orphanage where... Uh, before we went in, the people said to us, look, a lot of these children have AIDS. Uh, Some of them do, some of them, but most of them, uh, sorry, some of them don't, but most of them have AIDS. And again, my mind was processing, uh, visiting these children. What happened was, as we pulled up in our vehicles, the children came running down the hill with the people looking after them, singing songs of praise to God. It was the most moving moment in my life, one of the most moving moments in my life. Something that I couldn't shake. And you see, my friends, are you meant to run and flee? Are you meant to entrench yourself in your opinion about vaccination or not? You are not meant to attack others for their viewpoints whatever side of the equation you are on. Because that is not the message we are taking to this planet. Again, with those children, I didn't know who had AIDS or who didn't. The guy told us that we're not going to tell you who or who hasn't because you're going to treat them differently. You're going to treat the ones with AIDS differently to the ones you know don't. We have children that we have cared for in our stuff in Uganda who have AIDS. We have taken some of you to those children who have AIDS. But you don't know. Why are we doing that to each other? Why are we saying because of this or because of that? I'm not going to whatever. Are you you're with me? Jesus, in Matthew 8, 3, this is not a new thing. Jesus hit a planet and was in a nation that had a scourge called leprosy. Leprosy and people who were lepers were banded and excluded from so much of society because of fear and whatever else. When Jesus hit the planet, did he join in the exclusion? Did he say, you know what? Nah, nah, the gospel's not for those guys. What did Jesus do? Matthew chapter eight, verse three. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. My point to you today is, friends, we are meant to be going in love. We are meant to be carrying a message of love. We need to be so careful as believers that we don't allow the challenges or views of the world to bump us off our true mission. And see, our true mission isn't to go and and preach to people and judge them. Our true mission is to go and take and share the love of God. And there are so many controversial things that we need to steer so carefully through and maintain our journey and understanding of people who are sent ones. One Corinthians: "Oh, before I do that, when Jesus said, "Go into all the world," oh, that sounds so nice." Wow! Let's go into all the world. When he said all, he meant all. He didn't say that we're allowed to be selective. He said, go into all the world, which meant to every challenge and perspective and strength and sin, go to all. We are meant to go to all. I'm going to finish my message to you today out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is a very interesting scripture. Verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Verse four, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Listen to this again. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, you know, you might think you're smarter than everybody else. You might think you can understand the situation that the world is better than your brother and or better than your sister. But if it is not seasoned with love, friend, you have nothing and you have got nothing that the kingdom of heaven can use. Because you ain't got the center aspect of who we are because we represent a kingdom that at its essence is the God of love who is love. I want to inspire us as a church of the opportunity that we are living in and the age that we live in to carry love to our world. I want to inspire you that God wants to use you. I want to inspire you if you are off track to get your, your view back on Jesus. You are allowed to have your conscience. You are allowed to make your choice, but you are not allowed to inflict it as a weapon on others. Hallelujah. God is love, man. Thank Jesus, he's love. You know, the world don't need judgment. It needs Jesus. The world don't need fear. It needs Jesus. Pray with me. You know, God, we would be absolutely in trouble if you were not a God of love. We are all damaged goods. We all fall short but you love us. And your heart longs for us to encounter more of your love. And through that encounter of your love, Father, we can then go and represent you and minister out of that love. I pray for each and every person here. Father, if they need to be challenged, let them be challenged. Father, if we need to be reminded to demonstrate love, let us allow you, Holy Spirit, to correct us. And Father, let us reach this world who needs to know of you and of your love of them. Let us be gifts given to this world by you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.